I had an interesting thing happen a couple of weeks ago. Some of you know I served in the Navy as a Navy chaplain in the Reserve, serving uh, Navy and Marine Corps and Coast Guard for 29 years, all part-time. But if I put all my time together and compress it, it's about 10 years. But all the while, I was a pastor, or I've been at the university. And I want you to know that sometimes I don't remember everything. Are you that way? So I got a, an email from the federal government. I get a little check every month. That's the benefit of staying. If you put in you know, a full career or you stay till age 60, then they, they tell you bye-bye. And, but you get a little check, and I got that. And they said, Steve, end of the year is coming. We want to make sure your settings are all right. Please go into your, your account and just update things. I didn't have a choice. So I went to my records, and I could not find my password. That's not a good thing. If the federal government says you need a password to get in, and I couldn't, I, I mean, my wife, Bobby, and I have 11 pages of passwords. You know, all the key codes for your phone, for your TV, for your car, for all your different accounts. We have 11 pages. We even put the 11 pages in our safe deposit box, so if we lose the other one, we know where another set is. It's crazy. Then they had to ask me the security questions, and eventually they knew it was me, and I was able to go into my account and update things. Well, I'm glad that's over. Small things can be huge, but we need to remember the very important things. So my message today is about God's password, God's key for our success, the key to our success. And we're going to get into the Word of God in 1 Samuel, and it's a wonderful passage. I've asked my daughter Stephanie, Stephanie Bentley, to come. She's going to share with us from 1 Samuel chapter 7, beginning at verse 1. So the men of Kiriath-Jerim came and took up the Ark of the Lord. They brought it to Abinadab's house on the hill and consecrated Eleazar, his son, to guard the Ark of the Lord. The Ark remained at Kiriath-Jerim a long time, 20 years in all. Then all the people of Israel turned back to the Lord. So Samuel turned to all the Israelites if you are returning to the Lord with all your hearts, then rid yourselves of the foreign gods and the asterisks and commit yourselves to the Lord and serve him only, and he will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. So the Israelites put away their bales and asterisks and served the Lord only. Then Samuel said, Assemble all Israel at Mizpah, and I will intercede with the Lord for you. When they had assembled at Mizpah, they drew water and poured it out before the Lord. On that day, they fasted, and there they confessed, We have sinned against the Lord. Now Samuel was serving as leader of Israel at Mizpah. When the Philistines heard that Israel had assembled at Mizpah, the rulers of the Philistines came up to attack them. When the Israelites heard of it, they were afraid because of the Philistines. They said to Samuel, do not stop crying out to the Lord our God for us, that he may rescue us from the hand of the Philistines. 
Then Samuel took a suckling lamb and sacrificed it as a whole burnt offering to the Lord. He cried out to the Lord on Israel's behalf, and the Lord answered him. While Samuel was sacrificing the burnt offering, the Philistines drew near to engage Israel in battle. But that day, the Lord thundered with loud thunder against the Israelites and threw them into such a panic that they were routed before the Israelites. The men of Israel rushed out of Mizpah and pursued the Philistines, slaughtering them along the way to a point below beth Then Samuel took a stone and set it up between Mizpah and Shen. He named it Ebenezer, saying, Thus far the Lord has helped us. So the Philistines were subdued, and they stopped invading Israel's territory. Throughout Samuel's lifetime, the hand of the Lord was against the Philistines. Thank you, Stephanie. Isn't God, God's word wonderful? It's so rich. If you want a great lesson, I'd encourage you this afternoon or tomorrow, go through the first six chapters of 1 Samuel. And just get a little more understanding of what what was taking place here for the children of Israel. So the Israelites were defeated. The Ark of God had been captured. Chapters 4, 5, and 6 tell you all about that. The Philistines were victorious. They slaughtered the Israelites. Thousands were killed. And for 20 years, there was defeat and disgrace. They were humbled. You know why 20 years? It takes about that long for God to raise up another army who will grow into manhood who could then fight the battles. Women weren't part of the military in those days, so they just relied on the men to do it. So 20 years. But then something happened, and it was huge. They remembered God. They returned to God. They removed the false gods. Now, what were their false gods? They were gods of stone and wood. Now, what are our gods today? Not that different. Our gods today are plastic and paper. (laughs) We have our boats. I saw it on the drive up today. Some are on top of the car. Some are being pulled by a trailer. People are going to have their fun. On houses, title deeds, the visa companies tell us that if they can help a family to get in debt to $800, the average family cannot pay off that debt in a month, and they'll have to pay interest. And they hope that will happen. And then we're slaves to the bank companies. But when the children of God remembered They removed false gods. They repented of their sins. They requested God's help. They prayed. They received God's help. They rejoiced. And they remembered God. There's a wonderful verse here in chapter 7, verse 12. How many have been to a baby shower before? Aren't baby showers wonderful? Has there been a baby called Ebenezer any time lately? I mean, I know Ebenezer Scrooge is coming up in Christmas, and we we all can watch that movie if we want to. But 
Samuel took a stone and set it between Mizpah and Shen and named it Ebenezer, saying, Thus far the Lord has helped us. Ebenezer, the stone of help. Up to this point, the Lord has helped us. It was a memorial stone set up at an intersection of two major paths. The people didn't have freeways, but they had their carts, their horse paths, where they would walk from one area to another to see their friends, to to take the grain, to do whatever they needed to do. But where the people could see it, a large stone was set, a memorial stone, a reminder that the God who helped in the past, he will help us in the future. The stone of help. So what, what's the problem? The problem the Israelites had, and we still have it today, we forget. Just like I forgot my password. Just like you forgot something this morning. We forget things all the time. It's kind of funny. I'm there getting ready before I, I got in the car to come up. And I remember I had to get something from upstairs. And so I'm, I'm halfway up the stairs, and I can't remember what it was I went up the stairs to get. Now, that's not good. So I went back down, and I finished getting ready. And, oh, I remember what it was. I went back up. I got the object, and I took it down. I didn't lose it altogether, Stephanie. I want you to know. We forget. We forget what God has done for us. And when we forget, we fail and we sin. I want you to turn over to Psalm 78. Psalm 78, verses 10 and 11. A lot of verses in this psalm. It's a great passage. They did not keep the covenant of God and refused to walk in his law. And they forgot his deeds and his miracles he had shown them. The word of God is a reminder that over and over and over, over several thousands of years, God's people who had been liberated from Egypt... Miracle after miracle, crossing the Red Sea on dry ground, being brought into the promised land, conquering all the peoples of that very fertile area in the Mideast. They forgot. It's what I call a vicious cycle of fearful failure. 1 Samuel 7 is a, is a recollection of some of these truths. We forget that's at the top of the cycle. We fear, and often we drift into sin. We focus in on our fears instead of focusing on the Father, and then we fail. We try to do things in our own strength, our own way, and we forget about God's word, God's way, his perfect will, God's timing, his win. And we focus more on our failures, and we forget to focus on the Father. And this cycle can go over and over. Maybe it's just in your mind. For many of us, it can be days upon days, weeks and months, for some years. A vicious cycle of fearful failure. It happens when we forget about God's 
power and his protection, his priorities, his presence, his peace, his provision, his person, God's potential, his purity, God's promises and past performances, and his praise. And when we forget, it causes us to fear, to fail, and to forsake God. It's a vicious cycle. I don't want you to get into it. But if you do, I want you to get out of it very quickly. All right? We have a lot that is plaguing us today in our society. The media bombards us with all the bad news. Try not to listen to too much bad news in any news cycle. All right? We don't mean to forget. I mean, how does it happen? We just get busy. We forget what God has done for us, what he has said to us. How are you doing today, Steve? Oh, I'm busy. I have my, my lists. Some of us, we have on our cell phone a notepad, and we put down all the things we have to do today, and one by one, we can check it off. I found that function this week. Bobby showed me how to do it. I can just check it off. Then I can move down to the next one. It's really wonderful. But we're busy. We have our TVs and our, our VCRs and our DVDRs and our cell phones and computers. We don't lack for anything to do. We fill our time with everything except God. And I think it's our biggest problem we have today. And it causes us to drift into sin that can plague us and cause us to be separated from God. And we need a way out. We really do. But there also is the plan. Remember the Lord your God. It's so simple. Remember. As we remember, we're restored into God's family and we receive the promises of his blessings. I have what I call the victorious cycle of blessing. It's a cycle. At the top, there has to be remorse. We're really sorry for sin. That's found there in 1 Samuel chapter 7, verse 2. And then we have to return to God with our whole heart, verse 3. And then we have to remove that foreign God. Whatever it is that creeps in, that separates you from God, that's a foreign God. Repent. When God shows you things in your life that shouldn't be there, repent. Turn to God. Request. Pray. And then receive God's wonderful blessings. It's a great cycle. But it all starts with remembering. We need to build reminders into our life. Ebenezer's. To help us remember. So I ask you today, what are your Ebenezer's? What are your points of remembering? Now, one thing I love about Las Flores, Church of the Nazarene, is we have many points of remembering. We have Bible studies. There are prayer groups. There are meetings of all different kinds. And we need points of remembering. I hope you have a notebook that you keep as a spiritual journal or a praise notebook or a prayer diary. I hope that you have a quiet time when you make time with God. I do that every day. I need that 
I need to get into the Word every day and remember. For our friends who get into alcohol and they're addicted, when they find a way out, many of them go to Alcoholics Anonymous. They go every day, every night. They need to go every day because in a 24-hour period, things may happen and they may be enticed to get back into that terrible habit. We need a reminder daily in our everyday life. Things go on in my life every day. I need to turn to God often in prayer. I hope that you're in a Bible study. This church provides many opportunities, Bible studies, prayer groups, opportunities to serve. So what Ebenezers are in your life? What are they? Do you have them already built in? If you really want to know, talk to one of the pastors, talk to a friend. There are all kinds of things. God has helped us in the past. He's heard our prayers. He's honored our faith. Ebenezer. Up to this point, God has helped us. Because he has proven so faithful, we now can trust him. It's beautiful. The key to our success so, if you're in your Bibles in 1 Samuel, go left about 30 pages to the book of Joshua, chapter 1. Joshua, chapter 1. Beginning at verse 5. Listen to these great words. <clears throat> no man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you. Or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall give this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do accordingly to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the left or to the right, that you may have success wherever you go. This book of the law do not depart. Don't, don't let it depart from your mouth, but meditate on it day and night so that you may be able be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. You want a great Bible verse? Joshua 1.9. That's a great Bible verse. Remember that God is with you. I love being around young people. Back in the dark ages, when I had more hair on my head, I was a youth pastor. And I could keep up with most of the young teenagers. I almost could be as fast as them. Not quite. I work at a university campus at Point Loma Nazarene. I love to watch the young people. Every day, several hundred come up from the dorms. They go right past my window and onto their classes. And I'm reminded the beauty of youth. Back a few years ago, Nike had a slogan. And they really zeroed in on young people. They put it on t-shirts, and you probably saw it. It said, no 
fear. Do you remember that? We saw it all over. No fear. And if you're young, there's not a fear. As we get older, we have a few fears, don't we? God's word to his people today is to fear not. Remember who your God is and what he's already said to you and done for you. Remember who you are in Christ and what you can do through Christ. Remember who is on your side and what he has promised you. Remember who is with you and what will happen to those enemies and weapons that come up against you. Remember who is defeated. Satan is defeated. He is not Lord of your life. Jesus Christ is Lord of your life if you've trusted in him. Remember what power and authority you have and fear not. God must have loved this this little slogan, fear not, no fear. Because in the Bible, in the Old and New Testament, it's there 366 times. So get out your Bible concordance, look it up. There's more than one for every day. No fear. We live in a world that's full of anxiety. If you're a psychologist today, your calendar is so full, people can't get in to get the counseling help they need. The media is bombarding us. The government wants to cause us to go into more mandates. They want to encourage people to do this and do that. God says, fear not. Fear not. God's word today, as we get ready to go into Thanksgiving and almost into Christmas, it's fear not. To Zacharias, fear not. To Mary, the beautiful virgin that Jesus was conceived and brought into the life through, fear not, Mary. To Joseph, the man she was engaged to, and it didn't make sense, God says, Joseph, Mary, is your wife. Marry her. Don't fear Joseph. Didn't make sense. And to the shepherds, when the angels came and announced the good tidings of great joy, they were frightened. And what did the angel say? Don't fear. Fear not. Up to this point, I have helped you. Fear not for tomorrow. I have already been there. You've got nothing to be afraid of. I will be with you. I will be your God. We will make it together. Joshua 1.9, a great promise. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Pray and obey. Trust and obey. Another great verse. You want some Bible verses to memorize? I've given you one in Joshua. 1.9. Here's another one. Isaiah 41.10. I encourage people to get a little 3 by 5 card. And write out your Bible verse. Punch it. Put it on a, a, a little uh, 
tab, that way you won't lose it anywhere. And week by week, add to it all the Bible verses that you have. Isaiah 41.10, do not fear for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will hold, uphold you with my righteous right hand. Listen to the plea in this anonymous letter. Dear friend, I just had to write you to tell how much I love you and care for you. Yesterday, I saw you walking and laughing with your friends. I hope that soon you would want me to walk with you too. So I painted you a sunset to close your day and whispered a cool breeze to refresh you. I waited, but you never called. I just kept loving you. As I watched you fall asleep last night, I wanted so much to touch you. I spilled moonlight onto your face, trickling down your cheeks as so many tears have come. You didn't even think of me. I wanted so much to comfort you. The next day, I exploded a brilliant sunrise into a glorious morning for you. But you woke up late and rushed off to work. You didn't even notice. That sky became cloudy, and my tears were the rain. I love you. Oh, if you would just listen. I really love you. I, I try to say it in the quiet of the green meadow and in the blue sky. The wind whispers my love throughout the treetops, spills it into vibrant colors of all the flowers. I shouted to you the thunder of the great waterfalls and composed long love songs for the birds to sing for you. I'm warming you with clothing of my sunshine and perfume the air with, my, with a sweet scent. My love for you is deeper than any ocean, greater than any need in your heart. If you'd only realize how I care, my dad sends his love. I want you to meet him. He cares too. Fathers are just that way. So please call on me soon. No matter how long it takes, I'll wait because I love you. Your friend, Jesus. What does it take to get your attention? This Thanksgiving season? This Christmas season we're almost going into? Can you rejoice like the shepherds? Like the herdsmen of old? But we have to quiet ourselves to hear the voice of God. We're so busy but can you quiet yourself to hear the voice of our Savior? The Ebenezer today, the reminder, the help, the stone of help is there to help you remember the Lord your God. Today, God wants to give you his peace. Would you allow him to give you that peace today? Would you bow your heads? Close your eyes. I want to pray for us. Father, I thank you for these beautiful men and women who have listened to your words, who want to follow you, Lord. They're here in this church because they need you. God, today I pray that you'd be close to them. Lord, there may be some here today who as I've been speaking, 
you've reminded them that there are areas in their life that things have crowded in and they've gotten distracted. They've allowed sin to become a separating point between you and their heart. Friend, if that's you today, would you confess that area to God? You may be the only one that knows about it, but I pray that you will let God's love so fill you. Confess that sin. Turn away from it and toward God. If you're here today and in your life there are some areas of deep concern, you're coming to a point of decision. There's some, some huge decisions that have to be made that will affect you for a long time. Would you commit that to God right now and ask him for his help? Lord Jesus, these are your precious people. I ask that you fill them with your perfect peace. That they would remember the Lord their God. And turn away from whatever is crowding in on their days. And replace it with you. Help us, Lord. To trust and obey. Thank you, Lord, for the grace that you've given us. Amazing grace. Lord Jesus, I pray that you will... Help us to be in the victorious cycle of blessing. As we turn away from sin and we turn to you, may you give us your perfect peace. And I give you praise. Amen. If you've made some kind of a commitment time today, I'm really proud of you. It's good to be able to turn away from things that are crowding in just to turn that back to God. We're going to sing a song today. You know it. You don't need any words, but it's amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Would you stand? Paul's going to lead us. It's a beautiful song. Let's live out these promises of this verse. Amazing grace. 
Lord, please be with us this week. Uh, help us to remember uh, you have been good to us in so many ways. And uh, we just pray that you would help us to remember so that we can in turn trust you with our future. In your name, amen. Let me just say, if, if any of you want to talk, you want to pray, I'm going to stay down here at the front. And if you want to talk about anything, I'll be here. I want to thank you for coming today, and I'm glad you are remembering the Lord your God. God bless you. Have a great Thanksgiving.